Yeah. Uh, as she said, the Holy Spirit is here. The presence of the Lord is here. And uh, I'm expecting God to do something great in your life this morning. God's at work. And um, let's, let's acknowledge the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We have been uh, talking for the last quite a few weeks um, about following. Um, and as we're kind of getting close to wrapping this up, I'm not quite done, but just want to encourage you. Uh, my, my point today is to really try to make things simple. I think that we make our walk with Christ too complex. And I believe that the Lord has given us instruction for it to be basically simple. Um, because we need it simple. I don't know about you, but I need things simply uh, mapped out for me. But, but this started in, in John chapter 14 about Jesus going to the disciples in their boat. They've been fishing all day and saying, hey, I want you to leave what you're doing and come follow me. They start following him. He, work, he does his ministry here on the earth. He dies on the cross uh, for our sins, pays that price, comes back to life. And then he tells the guys, hey, I'm leaving you remember that he sent the Holy Spirit. If you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Jesus, the man in the flesh, is gone. He is in heaven. He is not here anymore. But he sent us his Spirit to lead us and guide us and to comfort us and to empower us to be able to walk the same walk that he walked here on this earth. He said we would do what he did and even more. So that, that is kind of where we are left. And, and I just want to ask you again... How do you follow? How do I follow? And I want you to think about whenever you um, begin to follow something, whenever you make a decision to follow something, it typically starts with one thing, and that is what is your need? What is your need? Because it's kind of hard to come in here and, and hear about the message of Christ and and say, okay, I'm going to make a decision and now I've got to figure out everything that's going on. But I, I believe that those that engaged Christ, Christ would say to them and would say to you, what is it you need? And I want you to start simply by letting the Lord Christ fulfill that need. And as he fulfills that first need, then you begin to build trust to be able to follow to the next step. Right? It's got to start simply. Um, so... Uh, People would come up to the Lord and he would say, what is it you need? And the man would say, I want to see. I'm blind and I want to see. And, and the way that scripture works and the way that the kingdom of God works is we need to speak. We have to speak forth what it is that we need. We have to say to the mountain that stands in our way, be removed now and cast in the sea. There are things that we have to do. And the man said, I want to see. Jesus said, okay. I can handle that. Lays his hand, spits in the mud, puts mud on his face. What would y'all do if somebody at church did that? Oh, no, you didn't. Put mud in my face. Why not? This is the key to your freedom. Little mud, little faith, and the Lord. Let me touch you. You can see. Now you can see he's just blessed you in that need. I'm ready to follow the next step. What's the next step? So I want to ask you, as you're trying to figure out this Christ follower thing, no matter how long you've been doing it, no matter how long you've been struggling with it or been successful in your walk with Christ, you may not even know Christ. You may not have ever made that decision perfect, awesome. 
Start with your need. What is your greatest need? Who here today has a need? Who has a big need? Okay, as we start to follow Christ, now it's your responsibility to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to bring you this need, but now I need to know how you fulfilled my needs. So I've got to know your way. I've got to understand your way, not come out here and do some type of stupid rain dance and expect him to send rain. He doesn't work like that. That was a neat dance, but I'm not blessing that dance. I'm going to bless it according to my way. You've got to be willing to figure out my way. That's how you follow someone. So we've got to learn how to follow and just start with your need. If you've got a financial need, God's got answers to financial needs. But you have to follow it. You have to learn it and follow it. God's got answers to marital needs, to relationship needs, to addiction needs. What is it? He has an answer for you, and you have to seek it. You have to go get it. Uh, I, wanted, I, want you to, I want to show you. Let me, I thought this wasn't going to turn off, but it did. Um, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. In those days when you pray, what's your part so far? Pray, thank you. I will listen if you look for me. Okay, now we got two parts. Well, first one was, second one, look for me. Way to go, says the Lord. I will be found, you will find me. Now, wait a minute. If you look for me wholeheartedly, big difference. Um, I like to give this example because it's very important to me. But when our remote control goes missing, my kids will not look for it wholeheartedly. Because they know I'm going to turn on something that they don't care to watch. And they're doing other things. But it was them that lost it. I look at them and they're squirming over here like, oh God, please don't call on me. But that's them. They lost it. And, but when I look wholeheartedly for that, I find it. Every time. When I halfway look for it, I don't find it. When my kids halfway look for it, yeah, thanks for coming in right now. I spent probably 30 minutes looking for a remote control in the basement, and I was so mad at my kids. I just rearranged stuff, and I'm telling you what, I was having negative thoughts about my kids and a boyfriend. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to ring their necks, but I'm going to ring it. And then I realized we lost that remote years ago. And I'm like... And then I look behind it, and it's not even plugged in. It's, there's wires just loose, and I'm like, me. That was me. But when I look wholeheartedly, I find him. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity. Now, are you listening? If we pray and seek for him wholeheartedly, he will end our captivity and restore our fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your land. Woo! Who, who here that raised their hands about their need, does this kind of fit? In general. I know it doesn't say that it will pay my electric bill. But yeah, it kind of does. If you wholeheartedly seek him and pray, 
What do you get when you find him? You get provision. You know what provision is? You get help. You get support. You get encouragement. You get love. You get set free from captivity. You get restored. And you get brought home. There's nothing like home. And I want you to know ultimately I believe it's, it's an ultimate home. He brings us back to him, back into his presence. Back when we leave this earth, we have a place that is glorious. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. It says, but from there, you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart. How many of you sometimes do things half-heartedly? How does that go for you? Don't raise your hand. How many of you have really worked wholeheartedly at your marriage? How many of you have worked half-heartedly at your marriage? How many of you would say, work on my marriage? Huh? It, it, I need to work on it? Well, if you want it to be good. I want you to think about your work at, at work. Are you half-hearted or are you whole-hearted? It's easy to say, well, I'm whole-hearted. Are you? How is your walk with the Lord? Is it half-hearted or is it whole-hearted? It says here, if you will search for him. How do you search for him with all your heart? Now, remember what's in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. It is just as far as an ask. I just have to ask, he in all his power is right here with me, ready to answer. But do you know what? I can ask other people. I can ask my wife. I can ask some of the, the, the spiritual leaders that I have in the church or in my life because the Lord will answer through his body. It's not just through me. He doesn't say, I'm just going to give you all knowledge and all answers. No, he says there's a body here. To be able to ask, look what it says in I don't have this one for you. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I use this for marriage, verse 9. It says, two are better than one because they can have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who, who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, I want you to know that uh, that third strand on a husband and a wife, you got a husband and a wife, and the third strand is the Lord. And if a marriage is intertwined with those three things, it will not be broken. Nothing can break that. Now, last night we had uh, what we call Harvest Festival, and I don't know what the numbers were, but man, we had the longest line for chili ever. Anybody in that line? And it would never end. Once we saw the end, and then it became a new end. Then it became a new end. And uh, poor Zach uh, and Justin doing those potatoes never got to eat until it was cold and dark. and uh, It was late. But I can tell you, come around 7 o'clock, I, um, I, ran, I, ran I, I ran a race yesterday early in the morning. I, I don't have to tell everything. I want you to know that, um, let me finish this, this uh, story for just a minute, but I, 
I want to I want to encourage you for just a minute. But I had ran that morning, and uh, then come up here at two o'clock and you know helped these guys that were working so hard, and and then come seven o'clock, uh, I was just wore out. I was just wore out, and I was praying. You know that fleece thing that happened in the Old Testament um, where the clock went could go forward or backward. I'm like, God, can you just let it be eight and let it be over? And it was still good. But while I'm sitting there, I'm sitting around the fire trying to warm up on a hay bale. And I look up and there's the pastor of uh, the river standing right next to me. And I'm like, well, hey, you're so awesome. Sit down here beside me. And he sat on the hay bale with me and we just started talking. Now what I want you to know that what happens, this is so vital, so much more important than the hour that we spend together in this service, is the connection that we make is sitting around together because this moment he and I sat together, it wasn't just me and him, it was me and him and the Lord. The moment I sit with you, it's me and you and the Lord. If you know the Lord, if you don't, the Lord's still there because he's in me. And we're about to have a miracle between us two, if I will move according to his spirit. Now, sitting around that campfire, I also noticed that Daniel um, Owens, uh, they have since planted a church, uh, Kano's church. But Daniel Owens was standing around and didn't have a seat. And I said, hey, come sit beside me. And he said, okay, sat down beside me around the fire. Next thing you know, his littlest brother, Noah, sat on my knee. And I'm like, this is what church is. Creating environments to where we can get to know each other. And uh, again, Steve sat beside me. And, you know, it is me and him and the Lord. It is me and Daniel Owens, he's 10 years old or however old he is, and God. That is the most spiritual, I believe it's one of the most spiritual things that can happen is for us to sit together and just talk. And to love on each other and maybe we talk about big things or not. But I get to share my stories with you every week, but you don't get to necessarily share your story. But the way you share it is around that fire. Last night Justin said, man I'm so tired, and I thought... You didn't run a marathon. You didn't run a half marathon. <laughs> and I kept my mouth shut. I didn't say anything because I had Ken Smith standing beside me too, who has been on the road just working crazy hours. And I'm like, I kind of think his story is worse than mine. I think I'll just keep my mouth shut. You know, I want to sit here and fuss about my day, but I believe the dude next to me's day is worse than mine. And mine was rough. But I want you to know what you're going through, so is the person sitting next to you. There's so much going on in our lives. And Steve Taboo sat beside me, and I knew he had just sent his son to Paris Island to the Marines and was hurting over it. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, my legs hurt. I'm sore, but really, I'm okay. I didn't just send my son to the Marines. Really, his is worse than mine. I put my arm around him, and I just said, I'm sorry. He's going to be great. He said, man, the guy could have a car wreck here in town doing stupid stuff or he could be in the Marines where God's with him. He's good. And I'm like, praise God. You're right. We just had a staff member's daughter have a crazy wreck uh, Friday night. She's fine. But I'm telling you, being in the hands of the Lord and being connected to God and connected to each other, that's the place to be. As Elizabeth has said, God's calling you out. It's good. It's good. But do you see how important one, one is better with another? We are better with each other. 
God will speak to us through each other. So I want to ask you this question. Are you a follower or are you just a fan? Are you a follower of Christ or are you just a fan? I want you to think about people that you read about and try to follow. Let's just take, for instance, movie stars. So many times, they, during political seasons, they'll have a voice and start talking about stuff. And we listen to them like they know anything. Or like what they have to say is important and is good for us or good for our country. But we don't know them. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. We don't know what's going on in their life until they show up on Jerry Springer. Is that still a show? I don't know. You all remember Jerry Springer? We just have fights. All They just have nasty fights. Whatever. But we follow people like Tom Cruise. You laugh, but we do. No, we don't. But I want to ask you, we're intrigued by people, we like them, we do the things that they do, but we don't know who they really are. Do you really know who Christ is in order to be able to follow him? Or are you just a fan and just follow aspects? Now I've got religious people, I've got spiritual people that I follow. Andy Stanley, Derek Prince, um, people like that. But Andy Stanley I follow kind of as, as a speaker. He's a great speaker. I follow Abraham Lincoln as a great speaker. I've read a bunch of stuff on how he speaks. Uh, um, but I also follow a guy by the name of Derek Prince who's since passed away. Um, but I don't know everything about his life. I follow aspects of his life. But when it comes to the Lord, do you come to a buffet table and pick things that you like and leave the other things that you don't like? Like, yeah, I'll take the provision and the grace and the uh, prosperity message, but Lord, I'm going to leave the forgiveness on the, on the, on the buffet. I'm not going to forgive, but go ahead and bless everything else in my life. Or I'm not going to give you my whole heart, and I don't think you really mean for me to live my whole life 24-7 for you. I'll come to church on Sundays, and I'll go Wednesday nights, and when people are around me, I'll try to act halfway decent, but in my heart... No, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to give you my heart. We don't say that out loud, but that's what we do. Are you with me? Have I lost you? Matthew 15, 8 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Are you really a follower? Again, I want to encourage you. What is your greatest need? And start there. If it's finances, say, okay, God, I'm going to start searching for you with all my heart when it comes to finances and learn what your way is. And then as, as you start to walk through it and God blesses you and he is faithful, then maybe we can consider the next step. Do you hear me? I feel like I've kind of lost you. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, but don't, listen, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. If you don't, you are fooling yourself. That scripture is, be, be not just hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. When I started in 2008 to uh, try to lose weight, um, we started with Weight Watchers. And I can tell you, I was not completely a follower of Weight Watchers. I just started trying it. Somebody's laughing. Um, because I don't want to do a diet plan that I gain weight. Anybody ever done that? 
Anybody you ever gone on a diet and you gained weight? Don't you just love that? I hate that. If I diet, I want to lose weight. And as uh, my wife and I started to, to start this, she so helped me, and I lost, um, I lost a pound or two the first week. So I continued. Okay, what's the next step? What do I do next? And the next week I lost a pound. Until finally, I will tell you, I'm a full-fledged believer, a card holder of Weight Watchers because I lost weight. When it comes to my finances, I started to search. What do we do for our finances? We went to the Dave Ramsey's class, and we started slow, and we followed one step. It proved itself, so I followed the next step. It proved itself until I'm a full-fledged believer in Dave Ramsey's financial peace program. I'm a believer. I am. I'm one of those guys. The Word of God is, is not only the same, but it's perfect. And if you will just start the first step, you know, God doesn't try to get you to figure out all thousands of steps that you have for your life. Just do the first one with Him. He'll prove Himself true. Then you can trust Him for a little bit bigger stuff. Then you can trust Him for a little bit bigger stuff. If your marriage is falling apart, start searching with all your heart the Lord. He will help your marriage. Maybe, ultimately, as you begin to build trust, you can get to that point where you can trust Him for forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is one of the hardest things, but it's one of the things that will kill you. Unforgiveness. So maybe don't start with a biggie like that. Start with something small because eventually you're going to see, okay, God, your word says that if I forgive, this is the benefit of it. This is why we forgive. Okay, I'll try that. And next thing you know, you really start getting free. Let the Lord prove himself to you. He will. This is not a drink the Kool-Aid thing. It's let God prove himself true. He is true to his word, and he is awesome, but you have to follow. You can't do your own thing and expect God to bless it. All right, so let me wrap this up. So how do we follow? I want you to know I believe that we start by following, number one, following his word. It says in Psalm 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Do you know how you can know if the word's in your heart? Is when your button gets pushed. What comes out? Who can push your button? Usually your spouse. And I can tell you, even with all the years that I have been saved and spirit-filled, my button can still be pushed and that not come out. Can anybody relate? But it's there. And amazing thing is, while the other thing's coming out of my mouth, my mind and my spirit saying, what are you doing? But it comes out so fast. It says the tongue is almost impossible to tame. In fact, on your own, it is impossible. But with the Spirit of God, I can stop. You can know that the Word is in your heart so that when that button gets pushed in your life, what's there? I'm going to keep going back to this with when my daughter at five had that motorcycle wreck. I had nothing to stand on but his word. That's all I had. I had, I had no, nothing to stand on but to believe that God could heal her and take care of her and protect her. Even in my stupidity of putting a five-year-old on a motorcycle. I did that. Anybody ever done something stupid? I did that to this one right here. But God's faithful. 
God's faithful. What happens is when you get in a crunch like that, if you don't have the word, you know what you're going to have? Your word. And there's no power in that. There's no help in that. The only help you have is in the word of God. It's the only thing that he's faithful to. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful. He's not faithful to your word. He's faithful to his word. So even though I want to shout out all this stuff in my flesh about my daughter to be okay, but really that's just a bunch of nonsense, shout out his word. I shout out his word over her. Not only do I have promises of my da- for my daughter, for me, she has promises that as I'm her parent and her, her guardian and the person in authority over her life, I can speak that word that God is faithful to over her, not just over me. Do you hear me? But it has to be spoken. I must speak it. God is watching over his word, waiting to perform it. So there he is sitting. He's watching my daughter. And I believe the Lord's just saying, just say my word. I got this. Hey, Jesus is next to him. Hey, did you hear that? I did. Good. You're good. Remember, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. He just, he just called out to you. I know. What are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to do what we do. Good plan. Uh, boom. As dumb as that sounds, that's all it takes from us is to seek, seek him with all of our heart. Do you hear me? What happened there is I could believe him for the next miracle I faced probably 10 minutes later. Anybody have problems that just face you right after the next? I want to just say, oh, that's great. Praise God, I'm over that. Now my life's just dancing, jumping and hollering and just happy. But unfortunately, you get going down the road and there's the next problem. And we don't shout out to the Lord. And we wonder why we're still in that problem. Follow his word. Joshua 1.8, study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written on it. Only then, everybody say only then. When? Only, only then what? What did we have, what's the prior part? Study the book and do it. Do you hear me? Meditate on it continually, study it continually, meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written on it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. I like that one. Anybody else? 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God, is given, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. What that means to me is whatever you're facing, the answer is in the word of God. Everything you need is in his word. His spirit will confirm it. His spirit will remind you of it. His spirit will help you understand it. But all your answers and needs are in the word of God. And it equips you for every good work. 
Do you know why we need that? Do you know why we need it? It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction. So that when somebody sitting on the other side of the table says something that sounds good but it isn't, the Word of God will straighten it out. Have you ever had somebody give you wisdom that you thought was good that turned out to be bad? The Holy Spirit along with His Word will reproof that. He'll say, I know that sounded good to you, but something's off. Okay, what is it? Okay, thanks for asking. Let's go get in the Word. There it is. You follow? John chapter 15. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Do you know what that means? When the Word is in your heart, you begin to ask according to His Word. Now, when you ask according to His Word, He does it. No questions asked, no problems. He does it. It's not that if you remain in me and I remain in you and your word and his word remains in me that I can ask something completely random for anything. Nope, it's got to stay within the realm of his word. If I stay in the realm of his word, he does it. Everybody say amen. Do you believe it? That he fulfills his word? Then what do we need to do? We need to know his word. Speak his word. Do his word. And God will fulfill his word. That is following. That's following. Okay, so follow his word. Follow his experiences. Check this out. Ephesians 5.1 Imitate God, therefore... In everything you do, because you are his dear, dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma, aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of the world. Man, there's a lot there, isn't it? Imitate God. You want to hear something funny? Um, have you ever noticed, no matter how hard you try, you still do things that resemble your parents? Anybody ever tried to break free of some of that? I have. I'm like, I will never do that. And then I do it, and I'm like, oh, God. I didn't think I'd ever do that. I, I am my parents' kid. You know what? That's the most normal thing. You can't hardly keep from it. I want you to know that I see my wife's parents in her daily. Uh, it is an amazing thing to, to see her mother, Rita, and her father, Gene, and those qualities that they have, I see in her. And no matter how hard she may try to shake that, she doesn't want to shake that. Her, her parents are great parents. But no matter how hard you try to get away from it, you can't because it's in you. You reflect your parents. In the same way, we should reflect God. If he is our father and we, is, we are his children, we should reflect 
him. His qualities, his personality, his mannerisms should begin to show up in us if he is in us. If he is not in us, we are not going to reflect him. Do you follow that? So imitate God following the example of Christ. What did Christ do as he was walking this earth? That is what we are to follow. So how do we do that? The next step, we follow, learn his word, follow his experiences. Third, we follow his spirit. Romans 8 9, I'm going to close with this one. You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, because, catch this, because we have the Spirit of God, right? What we've just read. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Can I stop there just for a second? Many of you may be here today battling an addiction, battling a habit that you can't break, battling a sin that you cannot get free of. I want you to know that if the Spirit of God is in you, you no longer have that obligation to that sin. You can get free of it. It may be work, and it will be work. Overcoming an addiction, overcoming a, a terrible habit, overcoming a, a sin that has gotten down deep in you is very hard to get free of, but you can by the Spirit of God. You are going to have to try, though, and it's going to be hard. You're going to detox, and detoxing is very painful. But you can have you ever tried to help someone that doesn't want help? You can't help them. Do you know that Jesus Christ came for those that were in need? Not for those that were good? Not for those that had it all together? You know, he said, I didn't come for the healthy, I came for the sick. Right? The problem was the healthy were sick too, they just didn't know it. He came for them all. But those that choose not to respond to the fact that you're in need, Jesus can't help. He will help as soon as you identify you have a need. So if you're in a sinful situation that you can't get free of, you need to identify the fact that you need help. And if you will seek help with all your heart, you will get help. We saw in my first scripture in Jeremiah, you will be set free from captivity. Your fortunes will be restored. No matter what, how much hell you've walked through and destroyed everything in your past and your future, God can restore it. But you have to seek Him with all of your heart. I know that's not a, oh, 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 I have to, I have to, I have to what? What? Yeah. But, but there is a way. What you're facing, there is a way. But it's up to you 
Seek the Lord with all your heart. We do that through his word. We do that through his spirit. We do that through his experiences. And we do that through each other. We do that through each other. I will tell you, I'm going to refer back um, to Steve Taboo and the river. That man has helped me through. I want you to know, in, in 2012, when we were just in the middle of hell, he washed my feet in his office. Another person, David Trumbly, washed our feet in Beth. You know who are for you when you're in hell and they're not going to leave. And he was that for me. As little as we have ever met together, that man was there at the right time and he did what he knew to do. And he said, you're not where you're supposed to be. You get up and you start attacking. You get after what you're after. And he said, I'm with you. You can call me anytime. I'm with you. I love that man. Love that church. I want you to know we would still be where we were if we decided to stay there. But we decided to get up and move. You make that decision, God's going to come to your rescue. I want you to know we're still in situations where we've got to have God move. That hasn't changed. We're still wholeheartedly needing the Lord to move. If he doesn't, we're, we're in trouble. But I want you to know you can do it. You are not obligated to that mess that you're in. The Spirit of God is in you to come out of it. But you have to seek him with all your heart. Isn't that good? Follow the Lord. Y'all stand up with me and let me pray for you. I've gotten a little bit emotional. It's because God's so good. And I don't care what you're facing. God's there. And he is so good. And if you can just know from my testimony, God's faithful. I know you're facing stuff. I can feel the weight in here. Satan's trying to keep you there. Don't come out. Father, in Jesus' name, I just declare over this body the purpose and plan of God to come forth. And that, Lord, that you would just give courage right now to those that are here that are struggling to wholeheartedly follow you. I just want to encourage you, start simple. Start with your greatest need and seek out what God's will is and what His uh, instruction is and His word for that need and follow it. All we're required is the next step, not 10 steps down the road. One step. In Jesus' name, Lord, help us to follow you wholeheartedly. Just praise you, Lord.